What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. Welcome back to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I am one of your hosts. I am Brett and sitting next to side me is my good friend Trenton. Trenton, what's going on, man? How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for checking us out. Those of you tuning online with us, whatever country you may be listening in, whatever state, we are so glad that you tune in. Those of you tuning in each and every week, we hope you've been enjoying what's been going on. I know we had a couple of weeks where when I had COVID, so we had to like set apart for a couple of weeks, so we're back. We're back. We had the show last week, and this week we're going to do something a little different. That's right. I was getting ready to say we're getting we're going to do something a little bit different. This is our 25th episode, at least in uh, this this type of format anyway. So we are going to do something a little different. We're going to make the show a little bit longer today. And we're also going to be telling you guys our story of how we met, some of the things that we went through uh, with the music and things like that. And there's some a lot of interesting things in there. And, you know, every time you go back and you... You look at your life story, you find you find things that you don't remember, and there'll be things that Trenton don't remember that we probably talk about, and you know, we've never really done it in this way before, so I'm kind of excited, Trenton. Yeah, so sometimes people will be asking, you know, they walk up to you, they get to know you, but they never hear your story, and here on the show, one of the things we'd like to start doing here eventually would be having some interviews with some people on the show, um, that's coming down the road, but also... Some people look and say, well, what is your story? Where did you come from? So this gives you an opportunity to hear. And we have done it in other platforms or other shows, I guess, but it's always been divided. So today you're going to get an opportunity to hear our story, hopefully in one big segment. We're going to be going for about an hour today, so get some popcorn, grab you a soda or a drink or something, and chill out with us. Or if you're driving, you know, if maybe you're on a road trip and just chill with us here for a little bit. And of course, the advantage of a podcast is if you have to stop it, you can always come back later and pick up right where you left off. Before we get started, I guess go ahead and say if you would like to check us out or you would like to hit us up with questions about scripture, we will be continuing the plan anyway is to continue John next week. And so if you have questions you have about the Bible or maybe you have general questions for us, you can hit us up at the email, which is wait.letstalk at gmail.com. Or you can also hit us up on the voice message button located at the bottom of the details on each episode. And make sure and check out Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett on Facebook. That's where you're going to get the latest shows or one of the places you can get the latest shows. You're going to get the latest information, any clips that we put up, news clips or video clips or uh, just just notifications from us. That's where you're one of the main places that you're going to get it. So make sure and check out Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett on Facebook. You know, Brett, the other day, I, or I guess it's been a week or two ago now, whenever uh, I went ahead and we have a YouTube channel for those of you who didn't know that. And we didn't think it was really getting used anymore. And then I went ahead and posted uh, just a few of our podcast episodes. And there was a comment on our Prophets episode. We talked about the Prophets. And there was a man on there uh, saying he was glad we believed. And he gave me a link, which I haven't clicked on yet. So if you're listening, I haven't clicked on your link yet to you know talk about it. So, uh, But he was excited. So we've got people that are still checking out possibly on our YouTube platform. If that's you and you were able to find us in the podcast, welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. In a podcast. That's awesome to know that people still checking it out there. And yeah, we need to, you know what, we're always looking for new avenues of ways to do things, you know, and we, we tried things with YouTube and 
we were both kind of like, well, maybe this way would be better, so we'd try it this way. Now we see them coming in on both avenues, so that might be something we need to think about in the future for ways to keep putting it out there in different different platforms. So, and whenever whenever we see stuff like that, it's encouraging for one, but uh, there's a possibility. I've been thinking about it. I haven't really talked to Brad or nothing yet. Maybe we'll put it on Rumble eventually because that's another platform that is growing pretty quickly right now so it may be another option generally if it's a video platform i'm not gonna play every episode that's kind of what i did with youtube just pick a few so you know where to find us and so thanks for checking us out wherever you're at so long story short thanks for checking us out so <laughs> i don't know man uh we're gonna get into our story today how we met and you know what i look back over the years man and i cannot remember a lot of details about, about things i guess my earliest memory of Trenton was, and look, we're just going to be real honest in the show, all right? I didn't like Trenton. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, te- it really wasn't anything personal of I don't like him for this particular reason. It was just we, I rolled with a different crowd, I guess. And he, he was more in church, and I was more outside of church at the time. And I was kind of coming, coming into church, and uh, I think that's where I met him was in church. I mean, we kind of knew each other from school a little bit, but we never really talked that I'm aware of. Now, he may have a different outlook on that that maybe I'm not remembering. But my earliest memories of Trenton was laughing and making fun of him. <laughs> so just to be honest, there's that. Uh, straight up. So, yes, we didn't like each other, kind of neutral ground. Um, I really didn't have anything against him, but, you know, we were just coming from two different places in life. So, like he said, two different crowds, two different people. And I was actually, to be honest, I was more of the type that just kind of kept to myself. I didn't really hang with a lot of people. I really, to this day, I still don't like being around huge crowds. So, that's one thing I've, you know, and I know that sounds strange, especially to my wife who doesn't believe me, but... It's a, you're a pastor. How can you not like people? Uh, well, I like people, but it's just something with big crowds. That's why I've been to Christian concerts. I've been to places, and I'm always a little bit uncomfortable when I get around all these people. And I don't mind, and I, I love the concert and stuff. It's just, I don't know, it's just part of who I am. I guess the place where, because I remember you popping in a few times in youth church and stuff when we were younger, but I really don't remember a whole lot about that. The one thing that sticks out that I remember when I think back of when me and Brett, you know, started hanging out was his first time coming. My mom had me doing a Bible study for the youth. I think it was on Sunday nights. And uh, she was letting me leave because she knew I'd been called to ministry. And Brett came in the room and we both had ex-girlfriends at the time that had the same name. They were both named Ashley. So and that's really what got our discussion started. I was like, oh, we got both got girlfriends. You want to go hang out sometime on a double date? And he was like, sure, man. Let's. So we planned it. And I do believe it was kind of like the next weekend we went out and did something with, you know, the ones we were with then. But really, our relationship grew from that point, And it was shortly after that that the other left and we met our wives later on that's when they became ex-girlfriends <laughs> so in, but, case you, in case they're listening <laughs> so uh but yes yeah, so that was the earliest thing and i think we had a good time and i remember brett approaching me it may have been during those bible studies i'm not really sure he came up to me and was talking about this rapper named t-bone because <laughs> i had myself i might have heard of the gospel gangsters and the only really rap besides that i knew of was like dc talk and I hadn't even heard of Grape Tree yet, which was a big deal back in the day. But 
Brett starts talking about this guy mm. named T-Bone, and I remember was riding in his car with him one day, I guess shortly after we met, because he listened to a lot of it. And I'm like, wow, man, I didn't know Christian rap could sound like this. So, <laughs> Yeah, rap was, that was one of the things, and you know, a lot of people, if you like T-Bone, you like him. If you don't like him, you don't like him. I've heard people say they didn't care for him. But for me, as, see, I got saved in the eighth grade, and it was it's a, it was a process, and it's you know your walk with Christ is a process anyway, and I'm still going through that process. But you know there was a time where I just continued to listen to the same old music I'd always listened to because there was just I never I never even heard of Christian rap because it was pretty much non-existent really. I mean it wasn't a popular thing, and T-Bone was one of the things that God used in order to kind of pull me away from that type of music, you know with the language and everything because it was it was similar to the the kind of music that I was listening to. So that was one of the things that God used to I guess pull me through that. You know, and it was up into it was high school, you know, that I was still listening to the the, the wrong kind of music. But it, it like I said, it's a process. Your walk's a process and that story, I don't remember the story of him sitting in the car <laughs> car with me or anything. It wasn't but. one particular time. I remember you listened to it a lot. And it was like, what was the name of the platform? There was a CD store online that you had ordered it where they were cheap, right? And you had gotten yeah, like, that was one like, of his uh, albums. That was either BMG Music or Columbia uh, House BMG. or something like that. I think that. it was yeah. probably BMG. Probably, yeah, but, man, yeah. that's old school. <laughs> for, all, for y'all that don't know what you're talking about, you used to be able to get 12 CDs for a penny. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so when he starts playing it, he, he's ordering it online because you can't find that stuff in stores at this time anyway. This is, you know, we're talking probably 2000 or 2001, and you can't find it online and. Unless you knew who Grape Tree was, you could go to their website. But so it was hard to find. So I ended up at, and I had ordered some stuff once. I seen that, but you had to look for it. Remember, there was gospel in. They had some stuff, but it wasn't much. Yeah, it, it wasn't really popular yet. It wasn't the going thing, and it really didn't become. And this is side you know, to about 2004 when Lecrae dropped Real Talk. Then it started getting noticed a lot more because it sounded a lot more mainstream. But Looking back, I remember when you said that, and I took the deal too. It was like, well, you said it was like 12 CDs for a penny, and I was like, wow, but you had to look for it. Because, I mean, you would find stuff like, who was some of the, what was that one guy? It, was it MG or something? I was like, yellow cover. I don't MG remember. the Visionary. Yeah. Yep. He, he found that. He started finding more stuff, but you have to be looking for that stuff in order to find yep. it. So, but I just remember it wasn't one specific time, but riding around in his car and enjoying the CDs that he was picking up, and I didn't. So we got to talking there, and I mean, from there we started hanging out a lot more. So all the way up until, well, was I doing? I guess I was doing rallies you already were doing, at the time. You were doing the rallies before I came in, and you. I think we had kind of met. We had kind of hung out a little bit, not too much, and you'd kind of seen a call on my life, something that I hadn't seen yet because I wasn't even looking for. <laughs> I wasn't looking for it. And he had Trenton had asked me to do. Uh, like tell my testimony I guess is what it was or just say a little something at one of the rallies so I spoke at one of the rallies and you know what it was like I thoroughly enjoyed it because the only other time I had spoke was the first sermon I ever preached which was at the First Baptist Church there where we're from in Dongola, Illinois and that's whenever I had first got saved. I had no idea what I was doing. You know I mean it was nothing made sense like all the scriptures were off base (laughs) nothing made sense but I ended up sharing my testimony at that youth rally, and that was the spark of something right there with not just 
within myself, but also, I guess, between me and Trent. It was a spark of ministering together. I mean, because from that point, it was it, it launched into other things, which we're going to get into the Bible study that was at your house here shortly that we launched into. But yeah, we did a lot of rallies. I mean, there's so much history here that... There's no way we're going to get all this in one hour. We're going to see how far we get. It's like I just want we'll to keep. To get the I want to keep going to all these different places, and it's like, no, I think okay, this came before this. So, uh, was it a Halloween? Was it Halloween night? Was that when I your uh, first rally for was, us? Yeah, I think so. What theme we had kind of going was help us let us shed a little light on the situation. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, because it's been a while, that previous summer I had started doing, and we had done a few different ones in different local towns at the parks. We would always go to the parks, and we had some bands. Uh, the first one we had was Seven Days, which I don't even know if they're a band anymore. They were a worship group, and I did that one in Olmsted. And we were jumping around, like we did some in Dongola, Olin, just local towns in the area. Because I knew I had been called to ministry, and I thought, at least at the time, that it was more youth ministry. So I immediately felt the call to get started. So rather than waiting around on churches to call me, which they did eventually, I started getting... I was. I seemed like I was somewhere about every Sunday. Churches were calling. I got involved in the association, the Baptist Association and over there. And they were booking me, it seemed like, all the time. And I would be in different churches speaking. But to get my first start, it was just basically, I just went, took some people with me. I had a staff, a team that volunteers from our church. And the first one, I remember after that, I had like 16 volunteers. And we had a probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 people show up. And it was really an amazing turnout, especially for being a first time and in a small town. But then from there, we kind of progressed. We got some different bands. We'd always have people come with us bands to come with us and I would I would preach they would play and when I approached Brett I, I even remember the moment I asked you I think the first time was going down the steps at the church you were I don't know if you were coming up or what and I was like hey man you ought to come speak for us sometime at uh, the rally or whatever oh, oh okay <laughs> and he said yes and from there it kind of became history Brett started running around a little bit with me and we would we go to different places and I would be speaking and I would invite them to have him speak some churches that were looking for pastors. I remember referring them to you and your name so that they could give you an opportunity. And it just kind of grew. And it grew beyond speaking. It grew beyond the rallies, which we're getting ready to get into. But Yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, looking back, thinking about that, there was a lot of times that the only reason I got to speak is because Trent was speaking at a church. <laughs> and, you know, I've always been grateful for that because he always he gave me a platform and you know, I never took a lot of time, but he always he always would ask the church, "Would it be okay if this guy shared a testimony uh, tonight before I started or whatever?" So I always had opportunity to do that. You know, everybody was always gracious too. We never, I never took too much time. You know, I always just shared some things. But I, I guess the the point, if I want to get a point from all of what we just said so far, is you've got to be willing to say yes. You know, when God calls you, you got to be willing to say yes and. You know, if I wouldn't have been willing to say yes back then, you know, where would I where would I be today? What would the friendship between me and Trenton look like? What would I mean, because if you look at everything that me and Trenton have been through, I mean, we ended up marrying twin sisters. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing because God ordains everything and he sets everything in order. He has a purpose and an order for everything. And if it wouldn't have been maybe that day when Trenton said, "Hey, do you want to speak at one of these rallies?" Nothing, none of this may have happened. So be willing to step into what God has for you and be careful in the moment 
to to say the right words, to say the right things. Because it could be life-changing. And many of you can do this as well. You look back at your life. You look at decisions you made. And if you trace back, you realize there are moments in your life where if this particular thing hadn't happened, then the next thing that you got involved would have never happened. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I see that stuff all the time. I mean, we were invited, actually, where we met the twins. Remember, it was at a... Uh, they had invited us, and we're going to talk about our hip-hop here in a minute. We did Christian hip-hop there for yeah, a little gonna while. We're going to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead, so we'll get into that. Let's. Uh, but we did do, and I think this was in our early recording days, because we, we began recording our first album. Basically, it was just an idea Brett popped into my head, because I had never thought about it. And uh, we were sitting around one day, man, we ought to do a Christian rap album. Because we were listening, and there was nothing, I mean, there wasn't hardly anything out there as far as Christian rap went. And we wanted to be able to reach people locally. And so he's like, we ought to do a Christian rap album. So I remember we went over to Chivalbine's Aaron Cape, I think it was. And we picked up everything we needed. <laughs> and we had to charge it, and we ended up having to pay it later. But we ended up getting, like, we and called it a beatbox. And a- I wanted to do an album. So we start doing this album, and Trenton starts talking about doing shows. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> We're gonna do? I said, I didn't say nothing about doing shows in front of people. Mm. And because I, I couldn't carry a beat to save my life, man. I, I remember the first time that we had that four-track recorder, mm-hmm. and we're trying to rap over, rapping the little microphone on that thing. Yeah, we doing it way cheap, guys, okay? And I could not, I couldn't keep a beat to save my life. And it took me a long, a long time to figure that out. But I've still got that recorder. Do you still got the beatbox? Nope, it's gone. Yeah, he sold it, man. But anyway, I still got that. I actually pulled it out of the closet the other day. I was going to mess with it. But we bought, I bought the four track recorder. It was a boss. It was like one of the first that I knew of digital recorders. And it was a four track. He bought the machine that we used to make the beats. And that's really where we started it all. I mean, we went and we just started writing lyrics. <laughs> and, you know, we did it, and it was a it was a cheap way. I mean, back then it was expensive, but you know, it, it was cheap to us. It was expensive anyway. <laughs> but you know what? It turned into something. It, you know, it turned into something big because you know we ended up buying a PA system, which you still have to to this day. And you know, we ended up we did a show in Dongola. That was our first show, wasn't it? it was in Dongola. Um, we well, talking about the practice? No, we, well, oh yeah, we did. It was at the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we didn't have the PA yet. At that yeah, time. we didn't have the PA then. But um, we ended. I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is through that first show that we did, we started getting bookings for more shows, and we're, I think we're both kind of looking at each other like, "Hey, this could be something." Like, <laughs> yeah. like I didn't. Me personally, just walking into it, I doing it for fun, doing it, you know, to to reach people. And then everybody's into it. Everybody's got their hands in the air, and everybody's having fun. And then the next thing you know, it's like, hey, can you come and do a show on this date? And we, we started getting bookings, and we're like, what's what's happening? What's taking place? And I never would have dreamed it, but God used the, our, our music with the, the little bit of money we had, the little bit of equipment we had. God used that, and, man, we started seeing people's lives changed. And it was amazing. That first concert, uh, we actually ended up getting two or three bookings that night. People that had just showed up. Um, one was at Bald Knob Cross, somebody that worked with them. And there was another church there with a youth group that invited us to come do something with them. And from there, I mean, we were booked, it seemed like, at least two weekends out of every month for that first year. Mm-hmm. And so it was. it went crazy. It's like people were excited. They wanted to hear it. 
they, I mean, it was something new. And like we said, it wasn't really common, especially in our area. <laughs> so people, people, they loved it. And But actually, we should back up a second, because right before that, in 2001, so the release of that album was about April 2002. I don't remember the exact date. But it was the night of the tornado in Dongola, which yep. is the only time I remember. That was a that was an F5, wasn't it? Or an F4? F4, I think. Yeah, it was a big F3, one. F3, I don't know. But we had just left like an hour <laughs> before, and it hit the church. Yeah. So, uh... But it's like God was shaking things up a little bit. I don't know. But anyway, you back up to about November of 2001. We were still working on that first CD. And we decided we were going to take a mission trip to... We went to Nashville. We went to Chattanooga. And we went to Atlanta. And we made a trip out of it. And while we were there, we didn't have any cities where we were at. So we were taking pictures for the album so that we could have buildings at least on our album. He's laughing, but it was legit. We were I know where pictures. you're I know where you're going though. We were taking pictures for the first album. And we but I guess the that was part of the agenda, but we actually did talk to now some wait, people. But wait, 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 wait. Tell them about the camera. Oh, I have, I wasn't going there. You you can go there. <laughs> but wait, well, wait, we're on this trip, all right? Because he's getting to something that comes kind of shortly after. Before all that happened, we were in Nashville the first night. Remember, we met Richard. Yeah. And he was a man who was on the street. Because what happened on this trip, we ended up ministering to people on the street, people that were living on the street, and at least two of them stand out. And there was one in Atlanta. And then it was Richard in Nashville. And we remember his name real well because the only thing he had on him was a Bible. So and he had it in a bag which he was carrying with him. And he had a, a heck of a story. Richard is one of those people that I'll never forget. Because, and you know what, this trip, in a lot of ways, it, it did. It, it opened my eyes. It changed my life. And because I'll never forget it, Trenton. Standing outside of in, in Nashville, downtown Nashville somewhere by a Dairy Queen... Talking to a homeless man. Right in front of Dairy Queen. Right in front of Dairy Queen. There's workers out there taking smoke breaks. And we're standing out there holding hands with this homeless man, praying for him. Man, it just changed. I'll I'll never forget that guy. His story, you know, he just, bad streak of luck. You know, he was wanting to make some money. He's wanting to put the Bible on audio or something Mm -hmm. like that. Use his voice for Bible on audio and... We ended up, I don't remember exactly what we did for him. We gave him some money and we parted ways because he already had a hotel for the night. Somebody else had put him up in a hotel for a week or something like that. But it was just one of those, I mean, here I am talking to a homeless person in downtown Nashville, standing out there in a place that I'm unfamiliar with, Mm -hmm. with a man that I don't know, and ministering to him. You know, we're out there, I mean, he, he knew Jesus. He he knew everything about it. He was holding on to his faith, but he was he was straight up homeless, and you know that was probably the highlight of that whole mission trip for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. Because as that mission trip went on, we encountered some other homeless people, but it didn't go that it didn't go that way. I mean, there was some odd and some strange situations that we got into, but with with Richard, it was different. You know, man, I'd give anything to know what happened to that guy. I really would. The only thing he had was a Bible. That's it. So he was hanging on to the Word because that's all he had. He had his Bible. That was it. And he was wanting to record the Bible on audio, and he hadn't done it yet. He, I remember a little bit of his story. He had a, I don't know if it was a wife or a girlfriend. I think it was a wife that just ended up, he ended up getting in the hospital for some reason. Yeah, I can't and remember his whole she story. she took everything, his money, 
everything and left. And when he came out of the hospital, he had nowhere to go. He was homeless. So I think the thing that stood out the most in that trip was the fact that these people that a lot of us, you know, a lot of people want to talk about and call them hobos and homeless and they, oh, they just need to get a job. They have a story. And for all you know, they may have been a millionaire before a streak of, you call it bad luck, or you can call it whatever you want. I don't really necessarily believe in luck, but whatever it is that you want to call it, they have a streak and totally everything changes in one moment. Like him, coming out of the hospital, didn't know she had left. And then she took all of his money, because I think it was his wife, or ex, I guess, at that point. And he took... <laughs> she took all of his money because they had a joint account. She took everything. He didn't have anything. He had nowhere to go. And he was stuck. And he, I think he was trying to get to Mount Vernon. We were headed That's south, right. or we could have possibly gave him a ride to Mount yeah. Vernon. It was closer to our range. So, uh, But uh, we prayed right out in front of Dairy Queen. If you know where Dairy Queen's at in downtown Nashville, right in the middle of the city, the building. If it's still there. If it's still there. <laughs> they, we prayed right in front of the entrance of the store, and they, like he said, there was people smoking. <laughs> people looking like, what are y'all doing? What is, what's wrong with these people? And that was a moment. I mean, that was an eye-opener, yeah. especially us coming from small town and not realizing that these people have a story. So from there... We hit Chattanooga. Not as much happened there. The one thing I remember about there was the Waffle House when we were trying to bless the waitress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, dropped her a $10 tip. Now, for me at that time, that was a lot of money. Still and I, is. <laughs> you bring me all kinds of iced tea, man, for $10 I, tip. And I dropped her a tip. She's like, oh, is this to pay for your meal? I'm like, no, that's your tip. You, and I, what I had done was I had said we made tracks to go on this trip. This was our own trip. We weren't with the church. weren't facilitated with anybody. We decided we were going to go, and I think we took Thursday through Sunday, and we mm-hmm. went on a trip on our own to hit mm-hmm. these three cities, which is where we felt God told us to go. Made, I don't know how many little tracks. We made our own, and on the front, all I remember was alert. You know, do you know where you'll go if you'll die or something like that? And I stuck the $10 bill in the track and left it on the table, and we both watched as she took the $10 out of the track and stuffed the track in my iced tea that was yep. left over on the table. Didn't even look at it. I'm like, what the heck? Man, that was her opportunity. And you know, that, Who knows what happened to that woman, man, after that? That may have been her last opportunity. And to be honest, but. it didn't start. Like Richard in Nashville, the first person I tried to hand a track to, remember, they shot me down real quick. I was a business guy. Yep. yep. Business time of some sort, and or businessman of some sort, I walked across the street. We had just got out of the car. I'm like, I was so excited, right? We're going to tell people about Jesus. <laughs> walked up to this guy, offered to talk to him, give him a track, and the only thing he had to say to me, and it just happened to switch to walk. He was at a, one of the crosswalks, I think, and right as I approached. He's like, I don't have time for this right now, and he walked away. <laughs> And I was like crushed. You remember what we said though? Better make time. <laughs> you go. You'll have time one day. <laughs> You're gonna wish you'd have took it. Yep. But yeah. So, but so it's not always. And a we was young. We was song. young back then too, you know. But no, we didn't say that to his face or whatever. That's kind of what me and him said to each other jokingly afterwards. You, but, you know, wish he took the time one day. But, but so we, you know, we ended up from there. We started leaving tracks, places we thought people would see him. Because you know what, a lot of people wouldn't take him. And, you know, so we started, I remember this one, uh, I don't know if he was homeless or not, but there was this, he had a couple of bags, he kind of looked homeless. He was laying up on one of the things, sleeping. Atlanta. That was, yeah, it was in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yep. So we snuck up behind him and we stuck one in his bag and just walked on. <laughs> he was <laughs> so sleeping. Like, yep. He was sleeping, we weren't going to mess with him, we just left it with him. And 
And you from know, there, tell him about the guy we met. <laughs> he, we met him shortly after we uh, dropped that track. Remember the guy? Are you talking about the, the two no? And yeah. Two no. <laughs> okay, guy. yeah. I'll do my best to relay the story, but <laughs> I won't be as, I'll be as nice as I can. Uh, he, it, he was different. He was a homeless man who was different. And, you know, but there was some startling things about him. But we ended up trying to talk to him about Jesus and uh, share the gospel with him a little bit. And he just, he went out on the deep end, man. And he started talking about, like, connecting your toes to your knee. And that means to know. He was taking letters out of <laughs> yeah, words. Yeah, taking letters out letters. of words and applying them to body parts and trying to share and trying to talk about God through it. And it, we were looking at each other like, what are you talking about? You could tell but, his concept behind what he was doing was to think he outsmarted us on all this stuff. But, but <laughs> one of us had $5 in our pocket or something. And he that looked, was me. And he looked at Trent and he goes, I know you got $5 in your pocket right now. And Trent was like, well, maybe I do. <laughs> but... And we, because you could, he, I don't know if he had liquor on him, but you could tell he was trying to get money for, for smokes or liquor or something mm. like that. And we wouldn't give him money just to go do that. So I think we said we, we gave him money and we watched him walk into the Burger King or something like It was one of those restaurants down there. We gave him money to go get him something to eat. Mm. But yeah, that was probably one of the strangest experiences I've ever had because for the first time in my life, I had no idea what to say <laughs> because mm. I've always been I've always been kind of a talker, you know. I can I can talk once you get me going, and I was dumbfounded. I'm like, I don't even know how to respond to what this guy <laughs> is saying right now. And I'm looking at Trenton, and Trenton's looking at me, and we're just like, all right, well, here's some money, <laughs> you know. And we ended up leaving that situation. But tell me what happened in Atlanta when we were taking all these pictures. Now you can get to that part because we ended up figuring it out in Atlanta. All right, so <laughs> we start our mission trip off and we're in Nashville and we're taking pictures of these, some churches we're going to use the picture for our first Faux Christ album. So we take pictures in Chattanooga and we take pictures in Atlanta and I think we're actually getting ready. We're sitting in the hotel room, aren't we? I don't remember. And I, I just remember you. And looking I'm at looking me. at my camera. And I'm thinking, oh well, it must be, it must be done. He's like, it's and taking so, a whole lot of pictures. Yeah, that's it. It's <laughs> like it's taking a whole lot of pictures. So I opened it up, and guess what? <laughs> there was not a lick of film in the camera. That was back, kids. For those of you who don't know, that was back when you had to put film in a yeah. camera to take pictures. You couldn't just snap your phone. <laughs> it, was a, it had like 35 millimeter film in it, or whatever. And you know, I mean, I bet we took probably. I don't know. There was, was a, a bunch of pictures. There was a bunch of pictures. It was in Nashville, Chattanooga, we and gonna, Atlanta. Stuff we were going to use because we're like, hey, we may never be back in Atlanta, you know? So we were just taking pictures. And yeah, I didn't put a lick of film in the thing. And <laughs> so that, so we had, on the way home, we had this, and I'm like, by the end of this thing, I'm like, man, I'm ready to go home. And he's like, no, we got to stop and get these pictures again. It's your fault. <laughs> so we had to stop and take pictures of all these places that we wanted to have pictures of. And I'm sure we didn't get all of them, just the no, ones we could remember. We, we got the ones that we definitely needed for the album and stuff, too. But. So, And then we dropped our first album, which is what that show was, and the CD, and somewhere I got that still around here. Uh, as of the group Faux Christ, we ended up dropping a few albums, and we ended up changing our name later on. But during that summer, right after we had dropped our first CD... We had what we had done is I just came up with this idea and I, th I don't know if it was I think it was me. Mom was letting me do a Bible study for youth on Wednesday nights, and we were doing I mean, it. At, I was still in high school, wasn't I? Uh, no, you were you were graduate. You were eighteen, or you might have been. No, it was two thousand two, so it would have been the yeah. summer of two thousand two. So I was out. Yeah, I graduated in two thousand. Okay. So um, 
I decided, Mom, what, wouldn't it be well, cool? No, that can't be right. Hang on a sec. That can't be right because... So after some discussion <laughs> off the air, then we... Uh, actually, we need to jump back. This was actually probably the summer of 2001 when my mom... And this was when we first started hanging out. So I guess we actually started hanging out in that summer um, a little bit because um, you said you still have the girlfriend for that Bible study. But uh, I just mentioned to Mom about doing a Wednesday night Bible study at our house on Wednesday nights because I don't know if we were doing one at the church and no one was coming or if this was just a brand new idea I dropped so that we could have Bible study. And I was definitely hanging out with Brett because what we did was we got together and we talked about the book of Revelation. And we took a study. Uh, Revelation for the Biblically Inept was the book we were using. I remember it because Left Behind and everything, it all kind of dropped right around not too many years before that. Mm -hmm. And so everybody was hype about that. And we took the time during that study to go through Revelation and I, the thing I remember most because we would let the kids they would come for the first half hour that we would hang out outside inside wherever they wanted play basketball different things and that Bible study within like two to three weeks grew from like 10 kids to like 30 kids mm. and it, it just it just became I don't know if you call it a hit but it became something they wanted and they were telling their friends their friends were coming because what they really was in mind with the kids that were coming was Huh, we're not going to be at a church? Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. So I'll actually go to, and I remember some of them the night of the bust up, which is really what I'm going for here in a second, telling us that, or telling the people who had came that the only reason they were coming is because it wasn't at church. And they were learning stuff, and they were enjoying it. And But there was one night, um, within the first month or two, I'd say, after we had moved at the house, we had like... 30 kids coming on average. And that wasn't just from Dongola, because your mom's house was like right in between Dongola and Anna. Yeah, it was so Anna, Jonesboro. there was Jonesboro. kids coming from about two or three different little little towns there. Mm-hmm. So it was a cool opportunity to meet new people, too, because there was people there I didn't know. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't really familiar with the Anna crowd or anything. But yeah, I mean, there was... It, it grew, like literally, like overnight, it grew into 30, it felt like 30 40 people. And you know what? There was people accepting Christ at this mm-hmm. thing, man. I mean, so when when we say we were having Bible study, we were having church. I mean, because like we were studying, but there was there was worship, there was studying, there was fellowship, there was. I mean, it was all there. And then you had people getting down on their knees accepting Christ. I mean, it was it was it was legit. It was real deal. And yeah, I remember actually. I remember Nick Toler getting led to the Lord. Yeah, that's the one name one I do I remember. Uh, uh, the other ones I don't remember all their names, but like he said, there would be weeks I didn't know some of these kids. They were just coming with their friends. Their friends were inviting them. They were coming. I mean, this thing was taking off. It was growing. We were blessed. We were amazed. We were just trying to do what God was having us to do. And then we've talked. I don't know if we talked on Let's Talk or any whatever show it was, but we've mentioned before there was just a group of people, religious people. And we've talked about this a little as we went through John. They were religious people. We won't use names or anything that came in one Wednesday night during our Bible study to sit there and criticize as we were having Bible study. Because their argument was, we shouldn't be having that at my house. We should be having it at the church. And so they were mad. Because it was at my house, it was growing. It wasn't even necessarily, I don't think it was even affiliated with the church. Nope. But what they saw was an opportunity to make their youth numbers look good on Wednesday night. And this is sad, but this is true, that it should have been at the church was their big argument. The night they showed up, and 
they had their discussion. That's when I said the kids were telling them, if this was at a church, I wouldn't come. But because it's here, I'm coming. Rather than see the fact that people's lives are being changed at a Bible study, kids are getting saved, things are happening, what did they do? They made the religious choice and decided that it wasn't good for them or that particular church. And so what they did was they came in, they disrupted, within a week or two, it started breaking apart. Yeah, and you know what? We also, a little bit more to add to that, uh, business meetings and things like that got brought up. Like, well, you you guys should be coming to the business meetings. You can't come to the business meetings if you're having church on Wednesday nights here. So we're like, well, okay, tell us what night the business meetings are on, and we'll go to the business meeting. So me and Trenton started going to the business meetings on Wednesday night. We did that for it only it was only a couple of weeks because the thing after this happened, the whole thing just broke into pieces, and it got turned into, if I remember correctly. Why do we always have to have it at your house, Trenton? Mm-hmm. And it was nobody ever said we had to have it here. You know, well, how come it's always you and Brett teaching? And it's like we never said it had to be us always teaching. But the thing, the idea to me and Trenton was is that it's got to have structure. It needs to have a place and it needs to have a teacher. You know, so to me, once once that night happened and we started trying to make it work that's when it fell apart Mm -hmm. because it was working great and dissension came in from a place that it didn't even need to be brought in there was no dissension there but after that night it was on everybody's mind Mm -hmm. and i don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes with certain people that's probably something that we'll never ever know completely but a, a 30 to 40 kid bible study within three weeks, maybe a month tops, Assuming, yeah. was just completely decimated and was over with. So take that as a word of caution if you're out there. <clears throat> God has spoke something because he had spoken. That's the reason we were doing it. And he was moving. God was moving like crazy. But it's not, you're always going to have people fighting you. There's always going to be spirits coming against what you're trying to do. So I guess what I want to use that for is to encourage those of you listening. If God's telling you something, just because it doesn't look good right now, or maybe there's something happening Don't give up. Keep pushing because if God's in it, it's going to continue to evolve. It's going to continue to grow into what it is God would have for it to be. So, but just encouragement. Know that there are always going to be people fighting you. There's always going to, and I believe it was really, I believe it was a spiritual battle that was happening. It wasn't in the spirits that weren't involved. We're using people to make it happen. And whether those people realize it or not, they destroyed what God was trying to do. And from that moment, like he said, it took about two to three weeks. And some tried to do it at their own houses, and it just fell apart for everybody. Nobody was able to keep it together. But know that there's there's always that. There's always something we're battling in the spirit. So Well, are we going to move into the faux Christ years? or, or uh... That's when we get into the faux Christ era, I guess. We get into... Uh... Yeah, because after that, I think we started working on a really working on the album and trying to push it and so anyway if we backtrack just a little bit uh i had the idea let's do a rap album and so what that turned into was like i said we got the equipment and we started putting an album together and we had to come up with the name so we're like faux christ let's just basically spell it how you say it just say faux christ so we spelled it f-o and then christ and that was our name and you know what 
looking back, it was corny. <laughs> but you know what? It was one of those things that people caught on to. They're like, oh, that's faux Christ. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people liked it. And, you know, it was ke- back then it was catchy. And people locked on to it. And you know what, man? This is part of probably one of the best parts of of my life was having the opportunity to do this, man. Because like you said, we got bookings left and right with this thing when we, we ended up putting an album out called Christlike. Mm-hmm. Brett came up with the and name of the groups both times when we changed our name. He came up with the names of all the albums because Brett had that creativity in his head. Through which I wish I still did. I don't know where, I don't know <laughs> so where the went. first album was Christlike. It was Faux Christ and... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, man. Just doing doing those albums, man. You know, it, in a lot of ways, it changed my life, and you know, especially on in you know in the early years with Folk Christ, because just and those times were probably some of the funnest times of my life too. Because me and Trenton were young. I mean, uh, for a while there, we was bachelors. <laughs> you know, we were just hanging out, doing whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. You know, we were kind of both working for your dad at a lot. of for a good portion at that time anyway, just kind of doing our own thing, hanging out, buying CDs, eating fast food. It's probably not <laughs> what we should have been <laughs> Not doing. the best idea for those of you listening. Anyway, but yeah, man, it was just, it was a crazy time. But, you know, looking back, going through the, going through the years of Folk Christ, you know, and we've told the story before, but, you know, that young girl that accepted Christ while listening to our CD and, you know, hearing the stories and that, that that was one of the the the, top, the big stories, but just looking out over the crowd as we do concerts with old ladies with their hands in the air and young kids with their hands in the air and people seeing give us giving altar calls and every seeing, concert I think we did that every seeing concert. people of all ages come up to the altar and give their life to Christ and seeing people make rededications and make decisions man and, and that's what full christ was all about that's the only reason we did it we knew that we weren't that great we i mean we we knew that our music wasn't radio quality and top notch and all of that stuff man but we were just out there doing these shows and watching people come to christ and we were just just letting god do what god wanted to do it was it was crazy it was a crazy time but we had fans we didn't have millions but we had some and there was other stories the little girl was the one that stuck out the most and because uh, her dad had told us because we would always put an altar call at the end of every cd so that people would have an opportunity to receive christ if they hadn't yet and her father told us which we had knew him because we had done some shows and things with him and he had told us how she was laid out on the floor one night and he just kind of peeked in the door and she was listening to our CD and she was in tears. And I don't know if that's the night she received Christ, but God was moving in her life at that moment and he wanted to make sure we knew about it. So the next time he saw us, he told us. But I remember other kids. Uh, one of the boys I remember, he was from Murfreesboro, Illinois, and uh, was with Lamplight, with Darcy when she is the one that knew the boy he went to her church and he was a fan and he loved the albums and the things we were dropping we did we did a couple of actually maybe three shows because we did the battle of the bands and i think we did a couple of different shows at their church those were always fun because there was quite a few people there i think that's the one where you said you saw an old lady with a walker in her hand she had her walker in here (laughs) man she was that was that, that put your hands up song, and she had her walker in here. It was God, ah, man. God, God, was, God was moving, and for you know, for those of you interested, we did get second place at the Battle of the Bands. Not that that matters, but it was fun. It did to some people because they didn't think we deserved it. Yeah. But you know what? It wasn't necessarily the music. It was the way that we made the crowd 
participate and get up and move. I mean, the crowd was... It wasn't us up on the stage acting crazy, you know, headbanging or, or doing anything like that. We motivated the crowd to have fun. And I think that that's what made our shows so much fun is that we motivated them to get into it. We always fed off each other's energy. At least I fed off your energy. I know it seemed like we would bounce back and forth. So if one of us was having a bad day and we were on the stage, we could always work each other out just by doing a show. But I remember feeding off each other's energy a lot, and then that fed to the crowd. The crowd loved it. People, it wasn't just a crowd, though, to us. It wasn't just a show. It was an opportunity to minister. And yep. through those concerts and shows and different things we were doing, people were coming. We would have an altar call after every show. They were coming to know Christ. They were coming to the altar. Sometimes some of the bigger shows, they were flooding the altar. And they were just, it was crazy. We would give stuff away. And we actually had uh, Lamplight, when you worked there, they would donate stuff to yep. give away on Books stage. And we would throw it out to the crowd. And we gave away CDs. We gave away all kind of stuff. And... I mean, I remember it was just it was people were impacted by it. They were they were moved, I guess. God was moving. We and then were, we changed our name. And we changed our name. <laughs> and it well, I guess it kind of moved into a different crowd. So that's later when we yeah. met uh Travon staff well, if And listening. truthfully, you know, looking back, things had kind of slowed down as folk Christ, I think at that point. And I remember being at the uh, having prayer meeting at the Baptist church and we we're sitting up there. And I said, "Man, I think we need a name change." And mm. And that's when I was like, started, we started talking about mass communication, and I thought it was a cool name. You know, it's like, it's really what we were about. We wanted to spread it to the mass, spread the gospel to the masses, communicate the gospel to the whole world. And so that's when we became mass communication, and the style of music changed. We started having people people make our music instead of us really making the music, and the style of uh, the style of the way we rapped changed, and the style of the way we did things changed in a sense, but. Just like folk Christ, mass communication there for a while, it it caught on and people was, you know, people liked it. People got into mm. it. People had a good time with it, and because it was it was still me and you rocking the shows, you know, and doing it the same way mm. in the sense of getting the crowd hype and getting the crowd into it. It was just the style of music had changed a little bit, and still the old ladies were into it. Everybody was the old, you know, just. Church people, for the most part, you'd even see some of them tapping their toes, and they're like, "Oh man, you can't be doing that." But they were they were getting into it in their own way because, for the non-religious people, they looked at it and they seen kids having good, clean fun and hearing the gospel, and that's one of the things that I remember hearing from some people is like, "I don't really like the style, but it's 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 good, it's good stuff because the kids are getting something from it." And that was really what it was about to us, was ministering. And I've said that before. It never was about a show. It was about how can we deliver the gospel to a generation that is thriving off the world's, what the world has to offer. So we did our best to bring it in a way that they could relate. And like we said, there, I mean, I think our biggest show when we were at Mass Communication was we did a youth camp. Uh, concert and it was probably and you know for us it was a huge show we had like 150 kids at least at this youth camp I think it was 200 it may have been more and they were there and that was really one of our biggest shows ever because I mean we would have that was an amazing show in the past (laughs) our bigger shows were like 60 you know 50-60 people Mm -hmm. and then suddenly you know we're 
putting this youth camp and they're interested in the kids once again flooding the altar. Things are happening. Lives are being changed. If it wasn't for the life change we were seeing as a group, we probably wouldn't have lasted as long because it was really about us. Who We also preached. We did that on the side too. And we would actually, I remember we would use those platforms of the concerts we would preach many sermons, real, mm-hmm. like real All the time. short, like 10, 15 yeah. minutes a piece, and we would talk, and we that's, would give... And a lot of that's because, too, a lot of our songs were basically sermons a lot of the time. You just mm-hmm. put it in hip-hop, rap, you know, you rap it or whatever, and it gives us an opportunity to talk about the song. Here's what the song means. It's mm-hmm. about yada, 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 and then you can play the song. And so people, now they got a concept of what's going through our minds. As, so they're getting the gospel as the song's being played now because they understand what the song's about. So yeah, it was like little mini sermons about a lot of the songs. And it, I, Actually, I think we were mass communication when we did get that second place trophy at the Battle of the yeah. Bands. But uh, anyway, so as Folk Christ, we dropped, what did we drop? We dropped Christ-like, we dropped Notorious Christians, we dropped no, Rewinding the Future. Yes, that's right, Notorious Christian. And we even tried doing some solo albums, but they didn't really go as far as the together stuff. I guess people liked it more together. Yeah. But um, and then we had what? Separate, not what was that one? Separate, called? not divided. Yeah, separate, that's, not divided. That's when we were getting ready to start really we, some... two in our solo stuff, and but it never really caught on um, like the group did, stuff did. Yeah, so. we we did basically what we did was we just did one or two of our solos. Like, Trent would do his, and I'd kind of back him up, and I'd do mine, he'd back me up, and, you know, we just moved on, because it, it never caught on as much, but... Actually, I remember, it, I don't remember where it was, it was in Carbondale, some parking lot. I remember there was a guy, and at the time, um, you had something going on, and I didn't, and they wanted us to come to a show, so that was actually my first experience doing it. I did a Wisdom concert, which I remember I the that. energy wasn't the same, I think and I, I could sense that. So. I couldn't get off work is what it was. So, I remember the energy wasn't the same, and I, it wasn't. I mean, so that's when you realize we're better together, and at that point, you know, we you know, we pushed what we could to get the gospel out there to these people. So then we changed the name to Mass Communication, uh, released an album called Consumed by Fire, and that was really the only album we released as Mass Communication, And yeah. but we did record some stuff. Uh, just a few things with our boy Staff D. If you're out there checking us out, Staff, thanks for checking us out. Um, he had became a more of our producer. We had kind of gotten together with him, putting some, getting some studio equipment and different things. And he was making our beats. And he ended up making a beat. This is really the last. If you've hung on this long, we're going to play it here for you in just a second, um, so that you can hear it. It's kind of an unreleased mass communication track for those of you who maybe want to hear the way we were and. Actually, it's been approached to me, and we talked about this before, I think, on Let's Talk, that people, you know, want to know if we'll ever do an album again, so we, you know, it's still in the talks and in the works, but you know, Staff himself, I think, is like, y'all need to come, we can get some stuff down, so, uh, but I did want to play this for you, I think we may actually, you know, close, well, actually, I guess we could play it real quick and then come back and close, but, because I think it's, what, like, probably a five-minute song, so uh, if you want to hear something real quick, we'll play this, and then we'll come back and we'll close the show. So hang tight real quick. Here it is, and the song is called Reignited, and it was for an album that we never actually released, at least yet. So check it out, see what you think, and we'll come back and close the show. Go for start. Discovery's onboard computers have primary control of all the vehicle's critical functions. Ten, nine, eight, seven, 
making that beat doing the mixing for us i think he did all the mixing and stuff on that song too and helping us because from there he kind of helped guide us into a new style of rap and was helping us as far as with 
lyrics maybe, but not as much as lyrics as style on how we wrapped it on a microphone. So shouts out staff if you out there checking it out. Kind of the unreleased song, Reignited, because it was meant to be like an opener or something for a new album that never got dropped, at least yet. So you never know, maybe it'll be an EP or something later, but uh, we'll just see what God does with all that. So, uh, so uh, Brett, got any last words before we get ready to dismiss here in a minute? No, man, it was good. Uh reminiscing a little bit taking it back old school seeing some of the talking about some of the old stuff again man it's always it's it's uplifting because you look back and you realize you know hey man when we were younger we did do some stuff you know because as you get older life gets more and more hectic you know you get family time and then you got work and all that stuff and sometimes it just feels like you to me anyway it feels like i don't have enough time to do enough and mm. you know i look back and i'm like you know what god really used me back then so it, it motivates me for today so we was talking while the song was playing we trying to remember the reason and really we all had kids staff had a kid you had a kid i had one already that she was a baby she had just been born she was only so many months old and it's like we all started families and then that's what so for those of you who are like well why'd you stop well that's one of the reasons i don't know if that's an excuse or not but i mean that's one of the reasons and like he's saying enjoy your life especially if you're still single don't be moping around looking for someone it'll gotta bring them we yeah. didn't even get to the story of our wives we didn't talk about so we left a lot out and yeah. and we even talked for an hour but i mean we ended up meeting our wives through shows and stuff, so there's a crazy story. Maybe we'll talk to you more about it at a later date. We might have to date. get them in here and tell that whole story because they were in a group at the time mm-hmm. as well, and that might be a cool story to to, uh, to tell. To, yeah, to get them to come in here and tell. Because their group we actually used at rallies for yeah. at least a whole summer. I mean, and the man we mentioned earlier had the daughter. He had a group, and there was another group. It seems like, and so there was like. Two, three, four of us. Those are, yeah, those are cool. I think it was four. It was convicted, I think. So we had like, yeah. not ashamed was the girls' group. There was a praise yeah. and worship team. One Accord, right? And one Accord, which was Gary's group, and Nick Toller, which is really how all that got, that's how we met our wives. So Nick, whether if you, I don't know if y'all are listening to this, but if he does, then you're part of the reason we met our wives that day, because you're the one that invited us to that show and wanted us to rap, but we found out there's a country. Yeah, that's a whole other story. So, we, better, yeah. we better stop, man. <laughs> but uh, then we had uh, Convicted. Convicted was there, so they were doing the rock. So we kind of had a mixture and a variety, and then we did, of course, the hip-hop, the Pope Christ at that time. So uh, there's a whole story we didn't get to tell here on the air. So if you check this out, you enjoyed it, you'd like to hear more stuff like this, hey, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. And maybe you got questions specifically for us, or maybe struggle. Maybe you're struggling with something and you want to know advice on it. That's what we're here for. Hit us up at wait.letstalk at gmail.com is the email. Or you can hit us up on the voice message button, which is located at the bottom of the details of each episode. That will wrap up episode 25. One-fourth of the way to 100, y'all. And we're planning to hit that 100 mark. We ain't going to stop. We're planning to stay in here. So uh, y'all pray for us and we'll... Continue That's to right, you know, keep praying it. for us and keep praying that God will give us new ideas because, you know, we don't want to just keep just doing a show, you know, it's not about just doing a show, it's about finding unique ways to share the gospel and this is one of the platforms that we got, but you know, we, we've talked about some other things, you know, doing some news, uh, some news shows where we talk about some things that God's doing, you know, just different things, so if you got ideas, make sure and hit us up on that email. Or if you're not uh, comfortable doing that, you can always hit us, find us over there on Facebook at uh, Let's Talk with Trent and Brett. 
So I'm going to say God bless, turn it over to Brett, and I'll see you guys next time. Uh, it's been fun. I actually enjoyed, like he said, reminiscing, talking about the old days. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. God bless. Looking forward to a whole lot more shows in the future. All right, Brett. Alright, so we'll just close this in prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to reminisce, to share, to fellowship, God. And we just pray, Lord, that the message today, God, that will touch somebody, Father God, and encourage somebody. Lord, we pray safety and health and blessings over each and every listener. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend, and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next time.